In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from the cross pond, is not Mr. Felix. Mr. Felix will be on sabbatican for a little bit. Uh, but I have the next best thing, if there is a next best thing, and that is the rock star of the para, uh, parapsychologist, Mr. Cal Cooper. Hello, Ron. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Yeah, I actually saw your message in Skype, but I just turned my laptop on, and it was like 1% power, so there's no way I could do anything. Uh, I've, I've literally just got in. It's been a busy day, driven down from Nottingham, then went to Northampton to quickly nip into the parapsychology department, and then gone straight from Northampton all the way down to Portsmouth. So uh, it's just got dark now, and um, absolutely tired, but just managed to get the laptop on in time and tune into the show. So I'm here. Cool. I'm here. Very cool. Now, the, uh, you are, do you have your PhD yet? Uh, no, I'm, I'm just starting my PhD now. I'm starting back at the University of Northampton. Because I started at the University of Northampton, I went to Sheffield Hallam University, and um, now going back into University of Northampton. <laughs> I'm stuck to the place. I love it. Evidently. So what, <laughs> what is your degree in as of this point? Uh, well, I've got two now as of this point. The first one was my Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and uh, the main major that I did was looking at the sense of being stared at. So um, anyone that claims to get the, the, the strange tingly sensation or feeling uncomfortable and um, exploring that phenomenon and how it happens in the real-world environment. And then for my master's degree that I did in Sheffield, I explored if creativity in people has anything to do with the afterlife beliefs that they develop and what relationship it holds to combating death anxiety. So, um, and then it's getting even more complex for the PhD where I'm looking at um, if the psychology of hope and holding on to hope, whether that's a benefit for people that have lost someone and then subsequently have a paranormal experience based around that um, death of a spouse, um, sensing their presence, seeing their apparition, going to visit a medium for a reading. Is it beneficial to actually have these experiences? Does it promote the psychology of hope in people, that there's an afterlife? Does it promote happiness and any other positive emotions? So that's what I'll be exploring for the next three years for the doctorate. Well, good for you. You know, it's better you than me, is the way I always say. <laughs> no, I'm going to drag you into it. You can help me write it. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, so is there any benefit in hope? 
is there any benefit in hope? Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. Hope is um, argued to be one of the strongest positive emotions that we have because if you don't hold on to hope, then you've got nothing and you could just fall into depression. You've got no goals to strive for. And death, obviously, is ultimately uh, the, the biggest come down for our emotions. So if we have hope to combat them and combat this fear of death of our friends and loved ones and that we can still strive for something, then um, you know you, you're holding on to living and enjoying life. So hope is certainly one of the most powerful emotions that you can have, and happiness is a side effect of that and accompanies it. So hope is very, most definitely, a very important thing for people to have. Well, it's interesting because you know the, the, we look at the the Brits as, I mean the, the Americans they're all full of uh, ideals and and uh, hope and all that stuff, but the. The British seem more pragmatic. They seem like, uh, you know, they, they don't have as much as that high rule and emotion, emotions that the Americans do. Um, whenever I've been along to a lot of haunting investigations or any events, um, you can see a lot of people come from different backgrounds as to why they got interested in the paranormal. And there's a lot of people that have lost family, and they, they do seem to... Um, take a lot away from believing or having had an experience that strongly suggests that maybe there is an afterlife or even if it's just psychological either way they're holding on to this idea that there's an afterlife and psychologically and for your own health sake it's very beneficial so it, it's kind of good looking at it from that point of view you know it could be a perfect aid to understanding how we can better counsel people that have got bereavement and uh, understanding that having a paranormal experience, whether people think it's rubbish or not, is very beneficial to the invi uh, individual in many cases. Hmm. That's interesting. Anyways, we have a young lady with us on the show today. Uh, I have had the pleasure to work with her uh, a couple times, I believe, and uh, I really, she's a psychic medium, but She's not unlike other psychic mediums. I, she's more she's more down to earth and seems to be like a you know a regular person as far as uh, not very pretentious. Uh, she's good with herself. And uh, without further ado, let me introduce uh, Jane Doherty. Hi, Ron. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Great to be on with you again. Yeah, Cal Cooper's with us as well. He's a parapsychologist from uh, the UK. So nice to meet you, Cal. Yeah, you too. Nice to be speaking to you. And and, and I don't know if you know this, uh, Cal, but uh, Jane is also known for probably um, she's the only one in the world that I know that has a uh, psychic belly. Is that correct, Jane? Yes, my my crazy belly. <laughs> Yes, I did hear about that. Could you could you explain what happens and your your kind of background in um, sure. sure, sure. Uh, what happens to me is when I get near spirit energy, my stomach will enlarge. About it's been measured to go out about three and a half to five inches, uh, and I'll look like I'm nine months pregnant. Uh, and this has been going on since I believe around 1990. And so that's how I do a ghost investigation, is I let my tummy do the walking first. <laughs> then I get into my psychic mode. Ah, so what, what do you actually feel then when, is this just, is it telling you first that a spirit's near, or do you sense a spirit and then 
You have no, this it tells me first yeah. that the spirit is near. It just uh, immediately goes into this contraction. Uh, I can just, like women who've had babies know what I'm talking about because it starts as a contraction like labor and then it just moves right up to right underneath the breastbone and everything is enlarged and it's in a contraction. So it is painful. It's not gas, but it, it's a, um, a contraction of the stomach. So would you say then that your body's kind of acting like it is dowsing really and then kind of giving you the message that you can then take further? It is pointing you out that you're in the right spot to actually get something. Yes, exactly. Now, in trying to understand it as to why I react this way, uh, as a psychic and, and as a person, I'm a very sensitive person. So whenever I'm going to do a reading, I feel people first. I bring the energy to me. And uh, it, it goes to the gut area. So when I got into ghost investigations, that's how I reacted. I also have found out, and I think a, somebody British actually did this, this investigation, the uh, research, I should say, where they now believe that the stomach has a separate brain. So in that respect, it would make a lot of sense to me that, you know, it's reacting <laughs> from another level. Mm. Uh, I, I haven't heard that one before. Mm -hmm. No, I, I've um, I've known people in certain sound settings. We've had Jack Hunter on the show before, um, and he was doing work at the Bristol Spirit Lodge, which is um, a place in Bristol, which is um, basically um, it's a shed in the garden, which is acting as a laboratory that they can use for seances. And some mediums do go along to these seances that they'll put in certain conditions. But various people were having different reactions to whether what you could say the spirit, when spirits were actually coming into the room or when they were actually having this group psychological experience that made them believe spirits were coming into the room. Either way, they were having various different physiological reactions. Jack recalled that his arms kind of felt possessed and when he thought something was actually happening, he lost control of his arms and they started to raise up either side of his body and start to shake. But I, I've never heard of anyone's belly kind of starting to expand when spirits get there. Uh, have you had any other experiences uh, with any other mediums that have got something similar or do you feel that this one's quite unique? I, I don't think anybody... I, I haven't heard of anyone at this point reacting the way that I do. It's very visible when you see me in person. There's Absolutely. any question about it. And I'll do ghost tours uh, around Halloween, and I'll let people actually feel the spirit go into me and release me as I'm in the area where spirit is. I actually had the chance to work with Jane up at the Hooten Mansion, and uh, Maureen uh, was with me, and her husband, who was a great skeptic, uh, doesn't believe in the paranormal and uh, doesn't even want to deal with it. Uh, you know, it happened while he was there, and uh, sure enough, uh, it, it's amazing. It, it happened just as he spoke, and uh, he was definitely blown away. It's... it's it's, I mean, it's been happening since 1990, and that was when I went on my first, at that time, scientific ghost investigation where I went out with a researcher, didn't know anything about the house, was told where I was going about 10 minutes before, and then you walk through the house with a, a map of the house, this blank piece of paper. The family has marked it before you got there, and then the psychic goes around and marks where 
she or he feels spirit energy. And in this particular house, it was the first time my stomach had reacted, and it it expanded. I yelped, and they looked at me, but they couldn't tell me anything because they were instructed not to. And by the time it happened the second time, I realized what it was because then I felt the cold around me, and I could tell, uh, you know, spirit in another way. In this particular house, by the time I got through with the investigation and we put the two um, – papers on top of each other, my stomach had located in almost the exact spot eight of the nine areas the family had reported spirit activity in. And it's just been that way ever since. Have you ever taken any um, medical professionals on these investigations? Yes, Yes. I've actually had a medical doctor on the investigation feeling me and they can there's no they said there's no uh, medical reason for it in fact my stomach has been operated on twice actually three times uh because of a hernia having to do with a hysterectomy and then what happened is i i actually asked my surgeon i mean three times i didn't know if my stomach was still going to do this but it did and then i asked him is there any could there be any reason that this is happening? And he says, absolutely not. There is no no medical reason. And I, then I asked him, could the spirits be creating these hernias? And he said, no, but if you have the hernia and your stomach's expanding in and out and you're doing uh, ghost activity, it just could make it larger. But no, there's no explanation, and there's been a few doctors on uh, examining me at the time. So this has only, only ever happened when you're in um, haunted locations, or has this happened any time when you're out and about just doing your daily things, or w- would you say it's only when you come into contact with the world of spirit, which could be anywhere? Or, uh, uh, yes, it's only when I come in contact with the spirit world. Uh, there was one particular time it happened to me when I was standing outside, actually because I also do hypnosis, and I was speaking at a convention years back on hypnosis. And I was on the steps, and all of a sudden I'm talking to a gentleman, and all of a sudden my stomach expanded, and I yelped, knew there was a spirit around, tried to figure out where outside, and what had happened is this old gentleman had just been rescued because I was marooned up there because of a hurricane and water was building in his house and he was just awakened. And as I went near him, every time I went near him, my stomach expanded. So there had to be a spirit around him. But it only happens when there is uh, spirit activity. Wow. Now, it does actually make sense, though, uh, Cal, when you think about it, because, you, you know, our, our body is, is a, you know, a great sensor. I mean, you'll hear many, many reports of people uh, can tell when a thunderstorm is coming or, or when there's a change in the weather uh, by certain uh, feelings in their body. I mean, even paranormal investigators will tell you they can tell spirits around uh, with the heaviness of the chest or, or as you had talked about before, uh, you know, you hear standing up or, or chills or, or that type of thing, goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, especially, again, back to the sense of being stared at, that uncomfortable physiological reaction you get, and you, you're just unsettled and you don't know what it is until you actually um, turn around and realize that something might be going on. But it's good that um, here we've also got a physiological reaction and also a, a psychic sense at the same time, so one's working with the other. Have you ever actually 
started to write up these accounts of every experience that you've had to actually start to collect them together and um, show you know them I free. never I never have because I'm I'm always so interested in just helping the family or things like that but it's a good idea that I probably should because even it's almost like I can tell whether it's a male, a female spirit, or a child by the way it grips me. Because a child spirit will only grip me up that belly button, and then you have, then you'll have a female which will will grip me, but it's much lighter. A male spirit will just go way up and just really grip me. So I'm, I'm able to, from that sensitivity, to be able to tell. Uh, what it is, and I've even now been able to have the experience where I felt a um, more of a high spiritual being around me, and my stomach expanded, but it was a light feeling all around me. It was it was very different, and that just recently happened. But that's how I can tell the the different types of spirits. Okay, I I actually think we have a call caller. And uh, I, this is uh, Christian from New Hampshire. That's uh, the one. Christian, you here? Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, we have Jane here, and we also have Cal, who, who are both, I mean, Jane's been doing paranormal researching for how long, Jane? Oh, since around 1987, so many years quite a years, and myself has been quite a few of myself, and Cal, even though he's just a young and strapping young lad, uh, he has a sufficient number of years under his belt. But I understand, according to uh, what I've seen in the chat room, is Kristen has been uh, running to this character who she calls the Hat Man, uh, and I, I guess you want more information about it? Is that, is that the uh, gist of your question? Yeah, pretty much, or just, you know, I've had a lot of weird experiences in my life with paranormal things, and uh, the hat man is one of the ones that still, years later, is still disturbing me a little bit, and um, are you guys familiar with the hat man? No, I've never, ever heard of him. Okay. Okay. Is anybody else? Explain if you could uh, tell us what the the hat man's all about. Oh, okay. Um... Well, oddly enough, um, I was in my room. I was not asleep. I was getting ready for bed, but I was not asleep. Um, and I was just, you know, when you're fluffing up your pillow and getting ready to, you know, get all down and cozy, but you're not asleep yet, I sensed that something was in the room. So I, um, you know, I thought it was one of the kids. That's what it felt like, you know, when you're a mum. Just something triggers, and, and it's like, oh, here come, here they come, time to send them back. And so I, I sat up in bed getting ready to say, you need to go back to your room. And I saw this shape. It, it looks like an animated um, thing, like a cartoon, blacker than black, blacker than the black of the room. And it, it's in a um, large fedora-looking hat, but the brim's extra wide. And, and a trench coat. Um, the face cannot be seen. It's all black. So if you imagine just someone drew out an animated figure that was all black, trench coat, hat, this is what I saw. So this is and, kind of like a, sh a shadow figure then, right? Yes, but so black, Ron, so right, black. Right. I mean, I've seen a video of shadow figures before, and sometimes they're kind of cloudy. This was There was no cloudy about it. It was three-dimensional, and it was black, black, black. 
And so I actually jumped out of bed. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, what the heck? Can I say that on the right? What the heck is that? And uh, But I said it in my mind, you know. It was just, you know, a reaction. And I could actually hear um, this other voice say in a very foreboding tone, um, very um, dismissive, I'm not here for you. And then he turned his head and was glaring. If it had eyes, it didn't have eyes, but it, what I could sense was it glaring at my husband at the time. And just hatred, unbelievable rage and hatred. And it wasn't there for like two seconds. It, this thing stood in my room for at least 60 seconds. What was your question? And so, uh, basically, it, it, well, now I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you didn't uh, like moving around. That, that, was, that was before, and now you are seeing him again? Is, is that the, the gist of this? Well, no, the thing that's disturbing about these kinds of experiences is some of them, you, you know, you have them and they go and, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. The, the thing about the hat man that bothers me is that it was so intrusive. I have a brand-new house, Ron. It's, it's, a, it, it's brand-new. Um, you know, on land that's never had a building on it before. There's no history that I'm aware of, unless it was ancient, you know, Native American history. But I kind of doubt it, based on where I am. It's not. It's near a river, but not close enough to really. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. But it's disturbing because it was so. It was in my room. It was in my room. It was. It was a. It's bothering me that every every bloody night I go to bed, and. And I and I'm concerned that that thing's going to come come back with. <laughs> like, where did it come from? Has anybody got any information on this? Well, thing? I'm, I'm actually I'm actually going to ask uh, Jane if if just speaking with you at this time, Jane, uh, have you picked up anything from this conversation? Uh, what I keep picking up as I have my eyes closed is I'm I'm looking at a hanging of some sort. So and when she said that there was never known any building on the property, I think I would research to see if there wasn't some sort of hanging nearby. Because every time you said the man with the black hat, I'm looking, I, I see a hanging going on. That's so weird. Because if, if you Google hat man, that's the funny thing, is that I gave him the name hat man for myself. And then I Googled, you know, has anybody you know, seen anything like this? It's all over the world. Every Tom and really? Harry's seen a hat man. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and, you know, it. Yeah, take a look. Cal, Cal, have you run into anything in your research? Um, I've never actually Googled the hat man, though it does remind me of when um, I've, I've been on some investigations where I was called out within an hour of some stuff happening. And it was an old friend's house, and they said that there was a man that frequently walked through the corridor, and it'd only be his sister and his mum that would ever see this man, and it'd be always spontaneous when they did see him. And when I said, what did he look like? And they said, well, your typical Victorian clothes, which could have been anything, really. There's no stereotypical Victorian clothes, but right, this is exactly. what people quite often say, oh, your typical Victorian clothes. And I said, well, give me details. What exactly? Because I don't know what a stereotypical Victorian dressed man would look like. And they said, oh, black hats, you know, black coat, black trousers. It's just a guy in black. Um, a lot of people seem to report it. And I don't know whether this is because they've seen it just out of the corner of the eye, as um, a, a guest has just said, that they saw it face on. So that's quite different. But the lights were off in the bedroom at the time, weren't they, as you said? Yeah. Did you 
you w- you woke up and saw this. Yeah, it was blacker than it was blacker than the black of the rest of the room. Right. Um, and also when it when it dissipated, it it was the angles on this thing were very sharp. Like I said, like a Dick Tracy animation. Do you guys know what I'm talking about with Dick, mm-hmm. Dick Tracy? Mm-hmm. Very sharp, very angular. And then all of a sudden, it seemed to lose its form. It's almost like it was losing its energy or lose. It was losing its form, and then. It seemed to like get sucked backwards, like it was as if it were being sucked by a vacuum cleaner in a in an upper corner of my bedroom. Um, it was getting sucked backwards, and it and then it disappeared, and the room went back to normal. That's interesting. But it was this. It was one of the strangest. I mean, I've, we've all well, not all of us, but I'm one of those people. It's like, oh man, you can feel it when you walk in a room where the energy is real different, and it's like walking into butter. And you know, I've had all that stuff, and that's all fine and dandy. But this this one really is bothering me because it was so so intrusive, and it was it was and you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It was pushing out so much um, energy. And negative energy. Negative oh, energy. Huge. Huge run, like I have never felt that kind. Well, no, that's not true. I have actually had something, but it's a long story. Um, different, different story. We'll talk about that another time. Um, but, but this one, it wasn't even directed at me. It was, it was treating me with disdain. But, but it wasn't after me. It was after my ex, who became my ex-husband. Just, and, and I, and I sat there and I wondered. I was like, okay, I, you know, I don't think it came from me because at the time we weren't having our issues with the right. marriage. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, it's like, okay, could that have come from me? Could it have been projected from elsewhere? Where is this thing coming from? And I just was, I'm just praying. Somebody can tell me, is this some sort of weird demonic well, I'm actually uh, going to thing? Some, I'm gonna actually do some research, but I know that we're coming up the break, so we're going to have to let oh. you go. Sorry, uh, okay. Kristen, that's right, Kristen, we want to thank you so much for contributing to this, and I, I will going to do, do some more research on this. And, yeah. uh and I actually have a, a comment to make as well. So thank you so much for uh, coming on and, and uh, you know, uh, talking to it, to us about that. No, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity and the feedback. Uh, thank you kindly. I appreciate that, guys. Okay, thank you. Bye. 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 You know, that's really interesting because uh, when I did an investigation one time, uh, we were in this cellar of this place, and we ran into a very uh, nasty figure. Actually, the first thing we picked up was uh, from the base camp telling us that there was uh, a figure to our left, and we kept looking and looking, and uh, all of a sudden we saw, as pretty much he described, a, a darker-than-dark figure, but mm. it, it, it didn't have the same thing. It had like a farmer's hat on, and then we all snapped pictures and everything, but what came out was like a black
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poyer and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests who step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron. See you then. back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Cal Cooper, Ron Kolick, and our very special guest, Jane Doherty, here on uh, Pararex, Ghost Channel, Kojinet, and beyond. So, anyways, uh, before, that was that was kind of interesting. I, I am going to do some more research on that uh, hat dude, whoever he is. But, uh, Jane, what have you been up to since we last talked to you? Well, I've been, uh, well, actually, I have some things coming up, like uh, off-Broadway, I'm doing um, October 30th for Halloween, two Ooh. shows on ghost stories, uh, encounters that I've had, and also going to walk through the uh, studio audience and see if there's any spirits around somewhat, so I could see if my stomach reacts and go into that. Huh. Uh, so that should be fun. And, of course, I'll be doing my ghost tours like I usually do around Halloween. 
and um, then I'm, you know, off in a different direction to the Crystal Skulls. Oh, there you go. Los Angeles to do the conference for the Crystal Skulls and and the Mayans. So, so that's a little different, but it, it's all part of what I do. Now, you understand, have you heard about the big controversy with the crystal, Poncho, the crystal skull, haven't you? Uh, I know that it's lost, Yeah. that's what you mean. I don't know if there's yep. any more controversy with it, but, you know, I know that it is lost. Isn't, it, isn't that horrid? Yes, extremely. And I can imagine uh, what Mario feels because it becomes your baby, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... Not a good thing. No. Cal, are you familiar with the Crystal Skulls? No. Could you tell me more about it and the, the conference around again? Sure. Uh, supposedly there are, there's a myth about 13 ancient Crystal Skulls. We know there's more. This was a myth that 13 of them would come together at this particular time of 2012 with information in order to help save humanity. Uh, but the conference that we're doing, there's there's almost 13, I don't know the exact number of the skulls that are going to be there, all ancient. And the Mayans will be there. And it's starting with the Mayan, is, uh, Hans Wittsman is coming to New York on the 27th. And there's going to be a ceremony to kick this off because in the Mayan beliefs, New York and the United States was sacred land. So they're starting this pilgrimage going to, uh, I think, about eight sacred places in the United States, ending in Sedona and then on to Los Angeles to meet with us at the conference. And then 13 Mayan elders are flying in to be present in the beginning after this pilgrimage, you know, to to receive 13 skulls, to take back to Mexico and to just coordinate all the energy and blend it so that there's balance. Uh, and hopefully that will help with 2012. Oh, so who can go along to these conferences? Can anyone actually attend or is it only specific people that are invited? Uh, no, anybody can go. I mean, there's a certain certain number of us that it, we started with the 999, then we did the 101010, and the this will be the 11-11-11, and then there'll be a 12-12-12. But uh, conference attendees are, you know, can be for anyone. Yeah. Cool. It's, so it's, when, when's that happening again? 11-11-11. Uh, oh, right, yes, sir. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not hard to figure out, is it, Cal? <laughs> Sorry. Just... It's, it's three days, and it'll be in Los Angeles at the uh, Gateway Hotel there. And uh, actually, Ron, you you tagged a poster of it on on uh, Facebook. I did. Yes. So okay. it, the information is right there, or you can go to uh, com, and you would find all the information, the different speakers. There's actually going to be a speaker there from uh, the Association for Research and Enlightenment, uh, and he'll be speaking about Atlantis and the Crystal Skulls and Casey. Go ahead, Kel. Sorry? I'm sorry, I thought you said something. No, I didn't. No, no. The uh, interesting thing is I had uh, Christopher Morton on the show not too long ago, and... Uh, are you familiar with him, Jane? 
No, who is he? Christopher Martin. I think that's the name. Uh, or do I butcher it? <laughs> As usual, he, he uh, he's a skull researcher. He's, he found one of the. Uh, uh, he's either has one. He's written. He's been on. Usually, when it's like a show on Travel Channel or something, he's on it. Chris Morton, the one that wrote the book on the crystal yep. skull. That's okay. it. That's yes. the guy. Okay. Yes. And he was, he was fascinating uh, as far as uh, uh, this. Of course, there's lots of controversy over the, the crystal skulls sure. because uh, the, you know some believe that none of them are really ancient; they're all just man-made, and others uh, believe the opposite. And so, uh, I know that the Smithsonian uh, definitely looked at at uh, I believe two or three of them. I'm not sure the exact amount, but. Uh, uh, well, we do have, and I'm not going to say from where, but apparently somebody from a museum has uh, bought a ticket and is attending a conference. Really? So that should be interesting. <laughs> I think so. But, I've, I mean, what happened to mine, and I have, I have this small one, and it's very similar in, in style as M.E., uh, which is the amethyst skull that supposedly just sold for over a million dollars. And... What's happened to mine after the ten ten ten? A photograph taken of it after uh, we had all you know all the skulls together. There's a lot of energy building. You now can see a UFO in it very clearly coming out of the light. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So uh, and and apparently that's part of the thing that happens is images start to form in the, in the crystal skull. And this is very clear. So it's. It's quite. And you, if you go to that website um, and look uh, under my name as speaker, you'll see that photograph because that's there alongside my picture. Right, and that's uh, that's on our uh, my site, I believe, our yeah. co-op yeah. on Facebook, and also on uh, I think it goes Chronicles International site as well. Um, but how do you use the crystal skull in what you do, uh, Jane? I actually use them uh, in my readings, and I will hold the, the one small skull in my hand, hold the person's hand, have the bigger skull, Maya, there. It, it's sort of protection, and I'll receive information. Sometimes I'll put my fingers inside the skull's eyes and close my eyes, and that also will give me images about the person. I've used it in healings. I'll use it above a person, and they're always with me in a ghost investigation. (laughs) As a protection. I don't even take them out. I just carry them alongside of me. So that's how I use them. What are you thinking of this, Cal? I mean, is... Yeah, it's all quite new to me. I do know about um, certain healing techniques that mediums have used, but, um, yeah, it's all new, and I'm kind of taking it in. I'm quite interested. Do you think that it might have healing properties or help with the psychic readings, not because it is in the form of a skull, but simply because of what material it's actually made out of? Did you just say you had one that was made out of amethyst? Uh, No, my style skull is very similar to this. Uh, amethyst skull, which is supposed to be ancient that they've tested from years ago. I, I think the crystal has something to do with it, but I also think that whoever used these before in the way that they were used by a shaman or uh, some other ancient uh, figure, I think that gives it healing ability, what works around it. 
So I think that's a possibility. And I'll bring in energy into a person, and I'll use the skull almost as an amplifier of that energy to go into the person. I'll just bring it in that way. So uh, it's interesting because I've had some, you know, I've had some unusual things go on with it. Oh, absolutely. You know, know, healings and in front of the white buffalo in Janesville, Wisconsin, when the white buffalo uh, was born, it supposedly signaled that there would be peace in the world and a lot of other things. So I had the opportunity to go there, and I was standing in front of it, holding my skull with my eyes closed, trying to make contact with the buffalo, and I simply asked, is everything, uh, you know, true about what was going to happen and things that I had been told? And my daughter and her friends started to scream because the skull turned pink in in front of us. (laughs) So I've had some really unusual things happen with it. I know that even when I, Jane and I worked together up at the, the Hooten Mansion, uh, she did a seance with it, and we had some unusual things happen there. But later on, uh, Maureen and I went into a cyclomanthium chamber, and uh, of course, the cyclomanthium chamber was basically built for one, so I was like crouched in front of the mirror. But, anyways, as it was happening, uh, the mist began to form in the mirror, and it did. Uh, form into a skull, and then, then this miss actually skull came out of the mirror and jumped into Maureen. So, I mean, that I saw with my own eyes, and uh, I have no idea what the relationship directly to the skull, or was it just something that some energy being uh, used because uh, we were just using it prior? Let me go back there, Ron. Did you just say you saw something come out of the mirror? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> What was it again? It, it was like a, uh, a a mist. It was like a, a mist. It, when you do scrying or you do any psychomanthium work, a lot of times when you, you look into the mirror, you're going to see a, a mist form or, or like a smoke almost. And this was very vivid, and it began to take shape, and it turned into basically a, a skull. And then... From that, it just extended. I mean, as I mentioned, I was on the floor below the mirror, and I could just see it come out of the mirror and jump into Maureen before she uh, did get uh, uh, possessed or whatever the the term is that she does, trans channels. So you hadn't been staring into the mirror at all yourself for any length of time? In, in reality, I was because I was below the mirror. It, actually, yeah. if, you, if you go on to the um, Ghost Chronicles, uh, I think it's the old Ghost Chronicles show, and we recorded that whole session, and you can hear in real time uh, what happened uh, to me and Maureen and to that psychomanthium chamber with the crystal skull. But anyway, so it, it's an interesting thing. But, Jane, I, I actually, you know, I mean, you're amazing to work with. Uh, this seance, of course, was was amazing in itself. If, I, I don't know if you remember that particular one. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what happens. I do them, and I don't remember what comes out of me and what goes on because I'm in an altered state when I'm doing it. Right. But you uh, remember it. Was, <laughs> yeah. It was interesting because we were in the, a room, a closed-off room, and uh, there was a group of people, and actually uh, 
people, you know, grandfathers started coming through and everything else. And then all of a sudden, one of the predominant spirits of the uh, building came through and uh, actually knocked Maureen off her chair. She went flying across the room. The girl next to me uh, swooned and fainted or, uh, as well. It was a, there was a lot of stuff going on that particular time. Yeah, I remember time. that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe it was on tape at one time. Yes, and that person, whoever it was, she she lost it. She got very ill, and that's what oh my gosh. why I never got it. Uh, got the oh, wow. unfortunately. So anyways, I, I do believe that there is some type of relationship between uh, the crystal skull and some type of energy, and, uh, you know, we'd really have to do a lot of research, uh, you know, on each particular one. And, uh, I don't. I don't know how you would do that, Cal. How would you really determine if there was a, a more of a focal point, or, or was the skull actually uh, possessed with some type of energy? Um, <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, asking me. Uh, well, all I can do at the moment is um, relate it to um, crystal healing and uh, people's reactions to these objects being used in psychic experiences and whether they have any sort of mystical or healing properties involved. And all I can say from the experience of seeing people going through crystal healing is that they're kind of generally believers in the paranormal. They believe it's got healing properties, and they talk through the whole process of, okay, we're placing the crystal here because that's going to focus on you know, the, the lower half of your back and where the pain is and, and so on and so forth. And it has the same kind of effect as um, uh, kind of like acupuncture and you've got this placebo effect going on. But as I said before, the, the crystal skulls are kind of quite new to me in terms of uh, research and psychics using them. So I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't like to guess too much. I would love to actually uh, see Jane using these sometime when I actually come over. That would be great. That would be fine with me, certainly. Would be would be great to arrange so you could see it. But there, you know, in ancient days, the Mayans used it for divining all the time. Uh, every day was predictions for them, you know, having to do with the stars and the sun and things like this. And also, what I've learned is they would actually use them to gather energy at, at what they consider to be sacred points, you know, uh, uh, when the earth is meeting the sky, like a, a lake or a high mountain. So they would actually gather energy into it, I guess, to be used later on in some way to uh, bring about whatever it is that they're trying to do. Almost like a capacitor? Uh, yeah, I guess. Huh, so that's how the shape of it may come in. And I particularly think now mine is small, but the eyes and the style of it, it almost looks to me as though other stones should have been in the eyes. And what brings to mind with that is if you gather energy into it and you want to use it later on or the next day for whatever ritual you're doing, uh, to me it would be a natural inclination to put a stone in each eye to hold the energy in there until you want to use it. And what is also different about mine, and so far there is no one out there uh, yet like this, but mine actually has three rows of teeth. 
and no one else's does. Yes, and I've been doing some research right now in preparation for the conference to add to my my presentation uh, on the three rows of teeth, and there's absolutely no other... Uh, well, anything out there and what you can find in history anatomically that is a very rare, rare phenomenon. And the only people that they know had three rows of teeth is, is a mythical uh, figure, uh, Hercules. So they attributed in ancient days to anyone who had three rows of teeth had supernatural abilities. And, and then it goes further because now it's connecting it to um, the star system, um, Sirius, or Cy- I don't even know how to say that, Cyrus or Sirius. And the, certainly the ancient beings in the Dagon tribe, uh, they were amphibious uh, beings, supposedly, and only in the amphibious beings do you have three rows of teeth. So it's kind of interesting because the carver would have to be making it after somebody had to get that idea from something. So yeah, I, I would love to see myself. I don't remember the, the three rows of yes. teeth. In three, fact, rows, I, three rows of teeth, ten in each row. I, I will have to check that out because I think I do have some photographs of the skull uh, that mm-hmm. we took. Uh, is, that's another question I wanted to ask you is when people take – Photographs of the soul, skull. Uh, are there any abnormalities in, in the in the photographs, or are they just crystal clear? Or are they shady? No, shady. There's anomalies in it. Uh, you know, you'll get images, all kinds of things. Sometimes the rainbows are formed, and they're are cloudy, but then clear, like my skull cleared. It's not the same skull as it was when I began working with it in 1995, when I took it to the pyramids in Mexico. Uh, It is so clear, and you see images in it where it was milky white, only uh, like a posted size top on it. Could you see through in it? Now you see right through it. It's unbelievable. So I do clear. So what do you you contribute that to? Well, one, you're working with it. Some people say maybe the moisture trapped in there is being released. Uh, I look at it metaphysically, and I think it has to do with the vibration, even the vibration of the user of it. As my vibration increases, it probably uh, raises the vibration around it, which then could make it clear. It's It's very interesting to see how it's cleared. We, we got to get Cal to see one of these skulls and uh, get his opinion on this. Absolutely. We're, we're going to have to make a list. So we've, we've got Ron's magic box, which is <laughs> a coffin. I, I say it's full of K2s and pendulums and uh, musical instruments. And now we've got crystal skulls as well that change color and, and the, have and possible the, uh, healing and properties. And the belly, contains the moisture. belly. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the, the interesting thing, Kel, is, is I'm actually going to use a crystal skull in my little... Uh, let's, let's start a list of things that I've got to check out when I come over there, and mm-hmm. then I'll... I'll um... yeah, Sorry, the, next, time, next time Kel goes back to England, after all this, he'll have long hair and become a hippie and uh, <laughs> going back to... <laughs> quit school yes, and... Uh, personal psychology and meditation and yoga. <laughs> there you go. 
you would love the the conference in the sense that this is the only place that you can be in one place that you'll have so many of the ancient skulls right, right. there to look at. And then there'll no. be a 12-12-12, so you might think of it next year. On the 12-12-12, we'll be all together again. You know, it's interesting. I, I did get to work with uh, Pancho a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, and we did, we did a live show with, with Pancho and, uh, it didn't go too good. I tell you, there was a lot of interference. Uh, we had controls on the, the computer moving by themselves. I had a, my producer of the show, uh, had been on, uh, radio for over 25 years and he had never seen anything what was going on at that thing. There were images that were showing up behind us. Uh, there were, uh, shadows, there were light anomalies. I mean, it was it was pretty interesting uh, hmm. uh, experience. Wow, uh, that is interesting. And and I also uh, I, I have a bottle of uh, Poncho water, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And basically, what that is 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 the skull was immersed in uh, pure water. Uh, for I forget how many hours, and uh, the, the water was bottled, bottle and it's supposed to have particular uh, energies in it. And uh, I do have some of it, and I have been experimenting with it, and so far it's it's interesting. Hmm. Uh, that is. But, I now, mean, you know. Yeah, go ahead, Jane. Okay. <laughs> no, Cal was saying something. What were you going to say, Cal? Uh, uh, no, I, I was just um, waiting for someone to step in to talk about Ron's water experiment. Now, so now let's put that on the list as well. Bottles of water. No, no. Let, let, I'll be serious. Now, the, there has been some good experiments with water, and they've got more properties, possibly even more than uh, crystals would have, and crystals and water associated because over thousands of years. They've got to develop and water filters through them, and, you know, it's full of minerals, the water, very small molecules of it. And a single glass of water contains more molecules within it than there are grains of sand in their entire world. And there's been loads of different studies to see if, um, well, not loads, but a few to see if water has any connection with psychic experiences and more so hauntings as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, keep going on that experiment, Ron. I'd like to know how that turns out. Okay, and if you're going to go do that, you might as well check Check out my special blend as well, <laughs> which, which of course is uh, made comprised of uh, liquid sage, uh, holy water, and Jack Daniels. Fantastic. That's very interesting. Speechless. I, I, he's speechless, Jane. I can tell. Anyways, Jane, I, I know that we are running running out of time. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, they could certainly email me, and it's my name, J-A-N-E-D-O-H-E-R-T-Y, at Comcast.net. And my website's under my name also, so they could reach me there or on Facebook. Uh, I'm also there. Jane Doherty. And uh, anything else that you want to mention before uh, I let you go as far as uh, conferences or events that are coming up that uh, people can go to? Uh I think that's it. That's, you know, what I'm doing right now, and then I'll be writing a book on, uh, a workbook on using a crystal skull. So I'm starting to go into that direction to just do do more writing. Okay. Well, Jane, we want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure. Always, Ron. And hopefully I'll, I'll get to see you again. I haven't seen you for quite a while. Yes. 
Yes, hopefully that we, we definitely will, and I'll get to work with Cal over there. Oh, God bless <laughs> you. He comes to the U.S. <laughs> All right, Jane, thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Hi, Jane. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Cal. Well, that was interesting. Uh, anyways, I, I have a couple things i got to mention. I, I'm going to be at the uh, Tuxbury Library doing a lecture tomorrow night with Maureen. On Monday night, I'm doing food and spirits for the Drake Republican Town Committee and Drake at the Drake House of Pizza. On Friday, uh, I will be doing spectral evidence in Salem at the Haunted Hawthorne Hotel. And on the 29th, I will be at the Haunted Victorian, uh, which was on the Ghost Hunter Show, of course. And on the 31st, I will be doing Halloween with Maureen at the Haunted Wyndham, Wyndham Restaurant. So I got a lot of stuff. You go to my website, which is neghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Or you can reach me on Facebook under Ronald Cola. Cal, what do you got coming up? Anything special? I wish I had something coming up. I haven't. Now, if people want to get in contact with me or read up on any of my research, go to calcooper.com. Um, at the moment, all I'm doing is just working on my book and running up and down the country at the moment. That's about it. No investigations, but I'd love to get some started, and we need to get to work on a sort of plan of events as well. So I can get You've got to come over here. Work. I mean, i got so much I can blow your mind with. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, telephone calls from the dead, you're still doing that, right? Yeah, that's what the book's on, so um, uh, sorting that out, and I'm going through an entire box of cases at the moment, which I need to actually analyse and see if there's any changes since the original book. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it a little bit of a secret right now, and I'll tell more later once I've actually got near to the end of the book or completed it. But it's going well, and there's some interesting changes and stuff. All right, Cal, we want to thank you very much. We're just about out of time. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Cal Cooper and Ron Cole on Tojinet X Ghost Channel Beyond. We'll be right back. Well, we won't be right back. We'll be back next week. See you later. Have a good night and God bless. All right, take care. From ghoulies to ghosties, no one can see.